Hi, everybody. It's Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. And after a little bit of maternity leave, I'm now back interviewing and collecting case studies and sharing hopefully really rich conversations with you all. And today I have Ginevra from the UK who's going to share, share her story of healing. And I know Ginevra, we met a while, must be a year ago or so, more, more than a year ago. And so it's really amazing for me to, to see that evolution and see the journey unfold month after month after month. Um, as you know, if you're on my YouTube channel, I work with complex and chronic cases of vertigo, any form of dizziness and tinnitus, which is sounds or noises in the ears and head. And that's where our connection started. But to start off with, I just want to say welcome to the call. So great to connect with you and everybody meet Ginevra. Oh, hi. <laughs> hi. Hi, everyone. It's like really, really lovely to be here. I've been really looking forward to this. So hello. Yeah. And often, often when I do work with clients and they go through my Rocksteady program or the one-on-one -on -one support, the sessions that we do, the private therapy, it can be really intimidating to come live and to talk, to share the story and go on the video. And often people will take a good six months or even 12 months until they feel like their story's ready to be shared. So it's, I really commend you for coming on and, and being here, and I'm glad you're excited. But we've just been chatting about the lockdown. They've got the COVID-19 and this global pandemic. Um, and we've been talking about it from the perspective of someone who has these sensory sensitivities and acute awareness, and how often we're forced to retreat and stay home and say no to invitations and not go to parties and not go to supermarkets or crowds or things with bright lights or loud sounds. And that is our normal. And now suddenly the entire world is in lockdown and retreat and cocooning in ways that we have become quite used to. And so it's interesting how a lot of people in my community are saying there's this welcome relief that now they don't have to say no to invitations anymore. They've got permission to just stay home and do what they choose and, and have this homebound life that's socially acceptable. And so, Ginevra, you're in the UK and you guys are experiencing the lockdown and I know you work from home, which we'll talk about. How's it been? How, just, just share us a little bit how it's been for you going from the chaos of life to the quietness of the lockdown. Yeah, well, I think to begin with, like everyone, there was sort of like uncertainty, waves of fear that would come through, you know, just step, starting to walk in, step into the unknown, really. Mm -hmm. And we're in that unknown space and um you know I think to begin with like anything it's like the dizziness itself you know when you first get this thing this unknown that you're walking into you want to try and find the solution and you're looking for all the information that you can get and 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 you were and, and what were we getting we were getting bombarded with media and the fear and you know the suffering and the potentials that could be disastrous you know I mean it was all very very heavy in that plight of trying to find out how we can make ourselves safe in mm -hmm. this space I mean it's all so relative to what we go through in the journey it's life isn't it mm -hmm. you know I would say like I definitely surfed that to begin with until I started coming into my own center, started coming back to myself and thinking, hang on a minute, you know, how can I navigate through this? And so for me, it was really starting to use all the practices that I really initiated with the work I've done with you, I guess, Joey, in just um, 
coming back to myself, choosing how I'm feeling, what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do. And then as soon as I started doing that, so I stopped watching the news, I stopped listening to the radio, and I just guess I pulled myself back into like more of an inner kind of sanctuary. And then mm. as I started doing that, the fear waves that would come and go, like I'm sure weren't only my own, but were collective fears as well. Like I was just randomly feeling throughout the day. Mm. That started, okay, and I could start to feel how I was really feeling inside. And it was actually really good. I was feeling fantastic inside. Isn't so that's my turn. It's almost like... um. We, we often go through these phases in life when we disconnect and disembody or dissociate, which means at, at a kind of mental, emotional, spiritual level, we leave our body because we're like, it's too painful in there. I don't want to be in my body. It's much safer out here. And we begin to live this disconnected life. So in other words, we're eating when we're not hungry. So we're no longer listening to the body and feeding the body. We're just running on this schedule of what the mind thinks we should do. And actually a lot of people around the world are living like that and that's their normal and they probably don't even know or remember what it's like to be embodied. Which, by the way, watching a little baby infant grow is just the, they are so embodied. It's incredible to watch because all they know is what they sense and feel. They haven't got the bombardment of the mind yet. So we've all been there. We've all been there. And also they're not trying to escape it. So the other extreme of that is where people go into a real retreat and they start shutting off and closing down internally. Mm -hmm. So you're either away from yourself externally or you're getting away from yourself internally. Yeah. You know, I think it can work both ways. And it's like... And so I think what you've described really beautifully is when we're out, we're listening to the media and the TV and the discussions, it can get really discombobulating and we can take on other people's fear, all the what ifs, all the catastrophes and we lose our sense of presence and we end up losing and abandoning our body and what we're actually feeling, which in some cases might be, I'm feeling great today. I've just done some gardening and I'm okay. I'm safe, but I'm feeling the fear of the world. And it's like we, we can leave our body and start to take on stuff that's outside of us. It's really none of our business. And it's a great reminder to come back to the simplicity of the body scan or the self-compassion hands, which are all available, by the way, in my free starter kit on my website. And to really come home to me, come home to what's real. And I really believe that the more people that could come back to their body and back home within, and, and as you're discussing, like really go, okay, this is what I'm feeling and I can work with this feeling because it's mine, not the world's, that you know, the world would be such a different place if we were living from that, that reality of presence. Yeah. I mean, someone said to me only yesterday and it just stuck with me so much. And it kind of summarizes that in a way. It's the only thing we've got to do is breathe our own breath. Yeah. And I just thought that is it, you know, and there's so much kind of unpicking around that to do because we're so, kind of like we've got so many connections energetically you know and sensorily you know to everything Mm. that's going inside of that it is like untangling unhooking and just coming back into yourself and that's like that's that's our guidance yeah that's my now my now my inner guidance and I guess it's almost symbolic of the COVID-19 virus because if you don't have the virus you don't have the virus it's out there it's not yours and then Mm -hmm. if heaven forbid when we do get it, assuming 70% of us are going to get it and develop immunity and get the flu, um, 
in that moment, we have to respond to that and nurture ourselves and give our body its best chance to build that resilience and let the immune system work with it. But it's kind of like stay in our body, stay on the, stay in our own lane rather than living everybody else's lives. And for example, being paranoid and afraid of the COVID-19 when you don't even have it and it's not impacting you at all. And even if you do start to get it and get the symptoms is like, you know, people, because of the fear that's out there, people are going (laughs) with huge dread, you know, there's a lot more sort of body checking, I think, for symptoms, you know, being someone who's super aware, you know, the paranoia, the hypochondria can take over. Yeah, yeah. So coming back to how you met me, it was, do you want to, do you want to share that story and some of your learning? And it's almost like it's, it's the learning deepens and goes on repeat as, as you shared before we started the recording, but do you want to go back to the beginning about some of, some of your journey for the listeners to get to know you? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this, this began when my son was four single mom, um, living on my own with my son and we'd gone away and I came back from this holiday and, I just suddenly had all these symptoms of feeling incredibly dizzy, feeling like I was walking on sponge, Mm. totally wiped me. And I had a doctor come to visit me because I couldn't get out of the house. And she said, you've got labyrinthitis. And I was like, okay. And really it took about two or three months to start to feel normal again. And within that time, you know, it really wiped the floor from beneath me. And I felt very uncertain, very anxious, very much in the unknown, Mm. you know, how am I gonna, what am I, I've got a child, how, you know, how can I carry on being an entertainer and rolling around on the floor and doing the things that my son, I love to do and I want to do with him. And so it really took away my ability to be almost like the parent that I wanted to be as well. And so that was really really challenging emotionally mm-hmm. and obviously my own inner challenge of my own fear as to what's going on I don't know what this is anyway so after three months or so it passed and I was like great I'm over this you know and it's like yeah brilliant back to normal kind of thing and it wasn't back to normal because I had a reoccurring, it came back about sort of nine months later and debilitated me all over and then I would have sort of six you know a series of back and forth where I'd be good for a year and then it would come back again and I then so my life slowly started changing in how I interacted with the world and I started becoming much much more cautious much more kind of waiting for something to happen and started going inwards more and more and more. In a, and, in a fearful way as opposed to a loving way? Yeah, yeah, I'd say, I'd say it was just sort of like in, part, partly surrender. So there was a surrender that was happening at the same time. But also I didn't know what else to do and I didn't know how else to be and I didn't know how else to cope. It's also um, pr- pr- protection, isn't it? It's self-protection. Yeah. And my confidence really, really went down in how I am and how I operate as a person and who I am in this world. My identity started to change. And I also started thinking about my, so it changed the way I worked as well, because I needed to offer my work. So I'm, I've always worked with people in change and transition for 
years and I used to do it outwardly and I used to work with people face to face and groups face to face mm. um I used to do energy energy healing and I had all these things happen which is the story of my life as well I have a very busy life <laughs> you know we can get to that being sort of like some of the reasons why you know that really kind of make, makes me unwell um but I was a healer and I thought how can I take what I'm doing how can I change my life to support this new way that I am which is ill randomly I don't know it's coming and then it's there you know so I was trying to change my life you know, that could support a very, um, you know, um, unpredictable, mm-hmm. which was what I was in. Which, which um, is the definition of episodic vertigo, by the way. So for people who have these conditions, it's like every day you're like, I have no idea if I'm going to be flawed today. Am I going to be competent and capable today? Or am I going to be bedridden and migranous? So it's a really a big, big deal for a lot of people probably listening to this, this conversation, actually. Yeah. I mean, simultaneously, while all this was going on, because I do like to multitask, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am a multidimensional kind of person. I was also going through very much a spiritual kind of awakening at the same Mm -hmm. time. Um, So I was going from a place of becoming a healer to stopping doing everything, you know, and following more a path of realizing who I was without identity. So the whole thing kind of coincided with me reaching me having years of stress I would say being a single mom having massive changes from me going through a spiritual transformation internally as well Mm. me change from living with my mom to moving into my own place you know I'd had a lot of upheavals in that time um, and so I was reevaluating. I started sort of reevaluating everything. But to begin with, it began on the outside, very much on my work level, how I was going to support my son, how I was going to support myself whilst going through what this unknown that I was going through. Mm-hmm. So this happened over a period of years, and I did things, you know, lots and lots of stories. But ultimately, I, I divinity came along really and I started working in a particular way that enabled me to work from home do something that I absolutely love and also be ready for the unknown to happen at any time and not um, on a physical level and a financial level be flawed for it so be able to support my son at the same time if that happened but the whole time there was still this unknown I know what's going to happen I don't know when it's going to come Mm. and I don't and when did you must have had it for years by the time you met me because I just know Jaden was older so it started when he was four but by the time you met he he must have been like 12 yeah so he's nearly he's going to be 16 now so we've probably met maybe he was 14 when I'm when I met you maybe two and a half years ago Mm. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I had it for a long time, periods of feeling well, getting my confidence back up, going out again, and then having it and going in again. I had, like, you know, you've said before, all the, loads of tests, went to see specialists who mm. I was never, never felt really could understand me or get to the bottom of it. I was mm. diagnosed with all the different types of vestibular disorders. So yeah. That's what I went to. 
would say it was a different type of vestibular disorder. Yeah, labyrinthitis, the baby BV, the migraine. Did you ever get many years? Uh, no, I didn't, but I was contemplating that myself. <laughs> Why not? Add it, add it to the basket of labels that we get given. So I want yeah. you to... I want you to re reflect a little bit on, um, it sounds like by the time you got to me, you'd kind of accepted the condition and said, right, well, this is the way I am. This is my life. So I'm now going to change my entire life so that I can be episodically dizzy and, and keep my head above water. Yeah. And so did, did there come a point where you started to feel like healing's actually a little bit more possible and, 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 and shifting, shifting yeah. into a place? No, unfortunately not. I would have like, I would have times of feeling kind of good within myself, but never within the illness, it's the illness, the imbalance itself. So when I was having these episodes, I would just be absolutely flawed and I would find ways to cope in bed lying very still, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe, maybe just watching a series on Netflix or something. Cause I couldn't do anything else. I couldn't even read my vision was so blurred. And, you when know, you, so, and when you came across the work I do, a bit, were you a bit dubious and sceptical? Like, yeah, right. Chloe, it was the middle of the night. I was having one of my desperate oh. moments at like about 4am. <laughs> I'm glad you can laugh now. Oh, I know. Thank God they've got us, you know, joy. And there, like, I don't know what I typed in. I typed some words in, I think, that I hadn't typed in before. And it was really, I was just on my knees at four o'clock in the morning in bed. And there it came up, like one of your videos. And I was like, oh, what's this? I, you know, I mean, I'd that for years. I just, and then I, and then, yeah. And then I looked at your video and then I found your website. And I was just like, as soon as I found one of your videos, I just watched it more than once and then I found all your other videos and I started watching all of them. And then, like this, very quickly, I got this hope. And then I said to my mum, I think it was the next day, I found someone who can help me because I needed somebody who could help me on all the different levels that I exist in. So I needed somebody who was a specialist. <laughs> <laughs> who had like you know had the medical kind of acumen I needed that and I need somebody who understood my journey uh, emotionally and spiritually and all, by the thing the things that you were saying on your videos I just thought that's my girl <laughs> so I was absolutely overjoyed then I found you and that was immediately where the seed kicked in of I've got hope okay yeah, I just knew it was great it was great because I just knew as soon as I heard you I knew that I was going to be able to get better and so knowing that now this is so you've got the hope yeah. so you, you basically did a brilliant job at managing the disorder then you got the seed of hope and two and a half years later what does healing look and feel like for you and, and before we got on the call you were talking about this deepening of self-love as one of the take-home messages for you in this entire process do you want to speak about getting there and potentially for people who are out there going, oh, my God, I'm a failure, I'm not like Ginevra, I can't do this. Maybe just explain that it doesn't happen overnight. There's, there are moments of great frustration and, you know, this kind of process. Um, do you want to just speak a little bit about that two and a half years in whatever way you feel comfortable with? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I guess that I started realizing that I have attributes that are really working in my favor, mm-hmm. really, really, because I have, um, I don't want to give up, you know, um, I want to keep going until I get this sorted, you know, and that is like something that has, when I've got something tangible that I can work with, I can then really, really work with it. So everything that you've offered. So I started off with the, um, I think I started off with the weekly, you do a week program that you can oh, just get seven in. days, seven days, two days into that, I decided to do the rock steady program. <laughs> And then very quickly, I thought, no, I'm going to go for this. And I was able to. So I did one-to-one sessions with you. Now, mm-hmm. um, and I think I'm lucky to be in that situation. However, I probably could have sufficed with the rock steady. You mm-hmm. know, I, everything in there is meant to. So to start off with, the first thing that I found really incredible was diagnosing which ear and which ear canal. For the baby, the baby. Yeah realizing that it was BPPV that I had and in fact I was wanting to get an episode so I could work out what it was I was I was waiting for my next episode of dizziness to come so that I could diagnose myself Hmm. Uh, and that was great I never ever ever wanted to have that room spinning feeling like I was going to be sick feeling and I actually wanted to have it so that I could like like you know try this out and see if it worked and it did you know so immediately the first step was realizing that I could actually diagnose myself because I have BPPV and know that that's what it was and even if it was something else to begin with that's what it evolved into and became mm, which is which is very common so sometimes it starts as a many years or a labyrinthitis or a migraine and it can trigger a BPPV which is absolutely treatable, which is what Ginevra is describing. You can test it and treat it yourself, and within 24 hours, you're completely back to normal. And if that diagnosis is lost because it's a migraine or a meniere or a labyrinthitis and it doesn't get properly educated and, and resolved, it's a real shame because it's actually treatable. And not all conditions are. So BPBV is, is something we really target straight up in Rocksteady for that reason. Oh, and it's amazing because otherwise I would be in bed for three weeks, not able to move, which I was for a really like periods of time here and there for so long. And then to, to find that I had a way of treating myself. So in two days time, I'd feel fine again or even quicker a day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can happen. Yeah. The treatment itself is five minutes. It's a very quick oh, it just changed, changed my life. And then after that, learning to, come back into my center and just to to fill my body uh, you know I mean everyone you know I know because I watch your videos everyone always goes on about body scanning but it's true mindfulness (laughs) you know how detached are we from our bodies how detached was I from my body Mm. I mean now I'm like I I can I can zoom into an area of my body and I can connect to it and feel it and that is love that's a relationship happening Mm side of me because we're not running away anymore we're suddenly able to really zoom in and be curious and sense and feel and go what's going on there how can I meet myself how can I support myself how can I reassure myself instead of 
this constant dialogue of what if in catastrophe and I'm not good enough and I'm not healing and what about tomorrow? So it's just a total different space within our realm, within our inner world. Yeah, and to connect to the earth and to feel my feet on the floor rather than just taking it for granted that I'm just sort of hovering and, you know, the world's just moving around me kind of thing and I'm walking yeah. down the street actually to feel my feet on the ground. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because I've, I've worked with people who are mindfulness teachers or are yoga teachers or are psychologists or, you know, you name it, kind of so many different professions but even when we've studied these things for years and at very high levels, it doesn't mean we've actually stopped and felt. And, I and, and, you know, and spiritual healers too, people who have got huge followings. And they'll come and do this program and just go, oh, my God, this is so simple but so profound. And, and it's this coming home to the body which is so subtle and invisible, many people actually miss it. And it's different, it's different to classic mindfulness, I think, because we're taking it to that next level of really owning the feelings and moving forwards with them or without them. Yeah, because you've got choice. You've got free will in that, you know? Yeah. You know, that's the gift that we've all got as human beings. We've all got this free will. So we can choose what yeah. we align with, what we align to, which is all the neuro pro, you know, programming work that you yeah. do that just changes everything tell us how you tell us how your life has changed or you know more directly how your relationship to yourself has changed in the last two and a half years yeah I'm definitely um more more I love myself and that would have been really hard to authentically say that because I didn't really know what that meant Mm -hmm. um and it means something really different now. There's an, there's an acceptance of myself, but I love the ability that I, I, I think we're amazing. Mm. I think I've gone from being, you know, loving myself because I feel sorry for myself to being yeah. loving myself because I'm in awe. Yeah, you, that's massive. And I remember that shift myself in my personal healing journey. Getting to a place of awe, A-W-E, awe, is... It's the best. It's like suddenly I'm, I'm beyond the neurosis and the me, me, me and my issues and my problems. And it's just like, wow, human beings are totally amazing. And I'm a human being. Therefore, I'm amazing. <laughs> it's just taking it to this new level. Yeah, for sure. And it's getting, it's, it's bringing an alignment in with the body and the mind and I feel that when you can, uh, uh, the senses, you know, the, the feelings, mm-hmm. the emotions, it all into unison. Yes. And when that's in unison, then joy can just come through. It's because there's no more inner conflict and the misalignment is kind of like when our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual parts of our body are all over the place, we lose energy, we're tired, we're fatigued. And we're often in fear because we know something's not right. And it's true. Something's not right because physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, we want to be in this present moment and really have all of us in the one focus. And I think that's what we're bringing ourselves home and we're learning, okay, well, where am I physically? What's showing up? What's going on mentally? And how can I clean that up and simplify it and get clarity? Emotionally, what am I moving through or carrying, holding on to? What can I let go that's not mine? What do I need to process that has been mine? 
And then spiritually, it's like, okay, well, where am I actually investing my faith and my belief and my trust? Am I out there looking for doctors and medicines and cures and machines and devices? Or am I actually going, you know what, Joey, I, I think you've got this. I'm just going to give you time. I'm going to support you and keeping coming back to self in that, that spiritual. And I think as we come back to ourselves, I think we also connect to the greater planet and Mother Earth. Yeah, yeah, because we come back to connect us all, you know, mm. which is this beingness, I guess, you know. Mm. And also the, the thing that I found really helpful is the ongoing practice of it. So you're talking about, you know, yoga and these different practices and not still not feeling yourself. And I really agree, you know, because I still think with a lot of things that we do, it's a discipline and we're trying to get the body to do something and we're pushing the body to do something or it's like, okay, every day I'm going to get on my mat. I'm going to do my yoga. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to feel, I'm going to do, but it still feels like there's a slight push you know, to doing something. Whereas like there's a simplicity in like body scanning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like just being, you know, feeling your breath moving through your body. Yeah. And what it's doing for me and has done and continues to do because it's something that I do regularly and I have to do regularly because I need to create a marker for myself. Mm. So I know how I feel when I feel centered because then if I go off center, yeah, I know. It's like we have to be lost in order to be found. We have to, we have to be imbalanced in order to refine our balance. We have to walk that pathway, don't we? You know, so look, when we're in the jungle again, <laughs> we know we can see the pathway, and we know. What, but if we don't, if we stop walking that pathway back and forth, soon the weeds will grow over it. You yes, know? it is a it's it's a constant cleansing, and especially you know, I I, I hate to kind of say this aloud, but it's true. We live in a super toxic world with lots of poor decision-making and lots of emotionally and spiritually imbalanced people around us and capitalism. And it's, it's interesting that I've just read somewhere, you know, the, the economy is collapsing because people are only buying what they need. Like, hello, we're living in a world where we're getting way beyond what we need. We're essentially abusing the resources of the planet and we've lost that connection and that alignment. And that's the world we're having to wake up in every day. So we've got to do a lot of cleansing and a lot of clarity seeking to really come into that, that space of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual oneness, which for me is yoga. Yoga is not doing poses on a mat. It's a way of life and a philosophy which we yeah. embody. Yeah, exactly. And relating to your body and feeling your body. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's like we're trying to fill up a fill up a hole, and it, and it applies to everything. We're trying to, you know, get things, gain things, you know, just to fill ourselves up. Avoid. <laughs> try and seek outside something, yeah. And yes. so, so I guess the thing that I've taken from a lot of this work is to really come back into very simple space, very peaceful, simple place, and feel feeling yeah my inner knowing and how my do you how do you feel now with the potential uncertainty surrounding you given um well i'm not focusing on the potential uncertainty i'm my focus is on me beautiful and how does that feel 
feels very peaceful. <laughs> Beautiful. And, and isn't that what we all want? I mean, it's so true. When we stop focusing in on the, the potentials and the what-ifs and the tomorrows and the two hours from now and when we really drop into what's real for me in this present moment, A, it's simple and it releases a lot of clutter and B, we really take our power back because once we learn to feel and choose, we're constantly co-creating our future. And little by little, we can neurologically and physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually become that person we want to be because we're actually crafting it consciously. And we are that person anyway, you know, which which is unpicking all the conditioning, all this misunderstandings. Yeah, yeah. Taking it all and revealing what's actually always been underneath it and was underneath was there when we were a baby. Yes. Oh. And it's magic. It's honestly magic. I've got a nine week old baby and um it's it's really magical. What else can I say? So much love, so much innocence. They know what they want, they know what they don't want. It's just beautiful. The clarity is amazing. Yeah, and it's contagious, you know. So when you're with your baby and they're in that beautiful, peaceful state, and they've just fed, you know, and they're just like, <laughs> so cute. Oh, you're just like, oh. you know. So you see what you're aligning. <laughs> you know, that's that's pure love. You know, whereas like when we're in the news and the media and other people, our friends, family, whatever, who are sharing their fears, we start resonating with that. So we have to really know yeah. who we out there in that world and when we're with the babies we can just we can just be in the love <laughs> be in the love bubble well look we could talk forever in a day and i think we probably need to wrap it up um now if you don't mind me sharing Ginevra is is a little bit of a, a masterful woman when it comes to special singing bowls and i don't know a lot about it but i do have a singing bowl which i bought for myself as a birthing gift when i had my first child and i felt like i needed something to celebrate that amazing rite of passage and I knew that Ginevra was a person I had to talk to so I went through the process of finding the right bowl for me and I'm a musician so I chose an F note to heart chakra bowl and it was just such a beautiful process and we ring our bowl every day and I find that the sound the sonic vibration really helps me ground and drop into a very playful way of being which has been such a gift. So that, that's my experience of, in, in a nutshell of connecting and, and just really investing in something that is really special. It's, mine's a quartz gold bowl. But do you want to just share, share just briefly about how on earth you got into this? And it's just, yeah, it's a beautiful offering in the world. I'd love people to just get a little taste. Yeah, the bowls came to me in a dream. Um, literally, it was, you know, maybe half an hour before I woke up one morning and I had a dream. And in this dream, there was a room with all these vessels with light coming down into them, colours emanating out of them. And as I walked around this room, I could hear sound. In the middle of this room, there was this pool of water with crystal in it. It was a very profound dream. And I'm also a potter and a sculptor. And so I felt yeah. when I woke up, that I was going to be making these vessels from ceramics and putting on an exhibition, um, an installation for meditation, like a labyrinth of sound and colour and light and vessels. And then someone invited me to a crystal singing bowl concert a few days later, synchronistically, and I went along and there was a lady sitting there with all these bowls 
around her and these mallets like mm-hmm. sticks, going around the rim of these bowls and these bowls were emanating these sounds and I laid down and I didn't sleep I didn't go into a zen state or relaxation I just laid there thinking that's me that's me <laughs> that's me I've got to get the bowls and and I knew that the dream that I had wasn't about me making anything it was about me working with these alchemy with these crystal scene bowls and so I found them it took me a while and I found them and I bought my first few bowls once I could afford to I saved up for about two years bought yeah. about bowls and I started using them in my energy practice um, with clients and people were starting to have really really wonderful experiences with the bowls and I was loving playing with them and that's really how it progressed and ended up becoming a way show for the bowls and now I've shared hundreds if not thousands probably over the years of these alchemy crystal singing bowls and that is my space that's me coming into my center when mm. I play the- and honestly it's it's such for me anyway my experience is it's such a loving offering in the world I mean you cannot be angry when I'll show you my bowl it's huge it's bigger than my head um and this is what one of the mallets looks like but they, it's just you can't well for me anyway it, it would be so difficult to be frustrated or just out in one of those angry banshee moments when that bowl is going. And interestingly, my husband plays this bowl more than I do because it just lives in our common area. (laughs) And it's just a really magical sonic bath. Yeah, it's like it's the sound of crystals, you know. So we there's something about the sound that Mm. when everyone hears it, they feel... Yeah. Like the outward breath, it takes you into just such. Yeah. So we recognise it. Feels yeah. familiar. Well, we could talk about this really in its own interview chat conversation, but I think you said you have some kind of offering that people could visit. Did you say? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can give you a link to it, or it's on my website. Um, I've got a lovely thirty-three minute YouTube, um, sort of audio visual that works through all the chakras and the endocrine points that brings you back into an energetic harmony and balance and yeah that would be fabulous and so if people would what is it do you know what Um, verbally in case people are listening to this my website is crystal-singing-bowls.co.uk so you can go there and if you go on the crystal transmissions page scroll all the way down to bottom and you'll find the video right there and you can also go on that website read about the bowls and all the things that i do with the alchemists beautiful i will put a link in so um in the youtube and in the soundcloud there'll be a link there for those of you listening from those places um and you can also just put genevra with a g into google and you'll this and singing bowls and you pop up too yes that's right yes i'm Yes. All right. Well, it's just, it's so great to see how far you've come because I, I do remember it was a very nervous time when we first met and now look at you. It's just you're emanating peace and joy and that's just amazing. And oh, I love that, you. that reminder that sure we get fear. We've all got fear. Fear's everywhere. And the antidote to that is love and, and learning to genuinely and authentically connect with that, I think is the tricky bit because the bullshit kind of I love myself that's not true doesn't work. So really finding that authenticity is something you've demonstrated and you're doing. And I know I've had to do it in my journey and it's, it's where it's at. 
Yeah, and I just want to say any actually to anyone who's contemplating um, sort of journeying this path with you, that you have like an immense capacity to work with whatever anyone's coming with. <laughs> so I sense, well, I felt that and that's what mm. I wanted to work with. You can hold a huge space for everything that someone's experienced and, and come in with. So thank you for your work. My pleasure. And I guess that's the beauty of it. It's the whole person, you know, it's, it's deep stuff, really deep stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. This has been a treat. Um, I'm Joey Remini. Visit seekingbalance.com.au if you want to investigate the offerings I have for anyone with chronic vertigo, dizziness or tinnitus. And please go and find that free offering from Ginevra at the crystalsingingbowls.co.uk and I'll pop a link in as well. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bye for now. This has been an absolute treat. So, Love you, Joey. Back <laughs> at you. Love you too. <laughs>